All righty. Uh, let's get into the verdict itself. As far as what occurred Friday around 3 o'clock, or so, Ray Perini, part of that great team, of course, Perini Erger, uh, is uh, back. Nice enough to give us a couple of minutes here on this uh, Monday morning. Uh, welcome, my friend. And we knew it was coming. It was just a matter of how quick. That's all it was about to me, right? No, I, well, first, it's good, it's good to be back, Jay, and I agree. If we didn't have a verdict by Friday afternoon, by the close of work on Friday, I would have been shocked. Uh, I mean, the jury did everything right, though. They went right to the issues because the facts weren't in dispute. What does depraved indifference mean? And was she depraved and did she cause his death? And then they asked for the ME to read back what happened. And it was very clear at that point that uh, she was guilty and they did the right thing. What's interesting, whenever a jury, Ray, wants to hear testimony read back, I get a little bit of antsy, a little antsiness, right? Uh, as far as this particular case, because then it means, wait a minute now, is there really any doubt? Does somebody really need to cooperate here? But in essence, you know, it turned out okay. Uh, and as you say, depraved uh, indifference, uh, the top echelon of it all as far as that uh, secondary murder charge. Uh, and that's when you had a sense that it was coming, and it did. Because, you know, the further explanation of it really kind of solidified things, you know? Uh, you know, actually, the readback didn't concern me because it was right on point. Uh, and jurors want to do the right thing. And somebody in that room said, let's just take a look at this. Because I'm sure they had a convicted when they walked in. But they just wanted to make sure they were doing the right thing. And that's what the jury system's all about. I think it worked perfectly this time question about it uh you know listen it and, and you know you got a sense matthew tui who represented her uh you know stating as he left that building you know the woman was devastated and everything else and uh you know listen in my estimation she had to take the stand basically what happened to michael valva case I and mean, she had to somehow try and put something on Michael Valva as he being the facilitator. Backfired, though. Because on the stand, I mean, when you mention the word hypothermia and everything else, I mean, you're finished. I mean, words that came out of her mouth in defense of her own self really did her in. At one point during her cross-exam, during the trial, she actually made a statement that came close to close to a defense. She said, yes, I exiled into the garage, but I didn't know what else to do. My hands were tied. She's basically saying, I was overwhelmed by these two boys who had autism. I, I, I never dealt with this. I, I, was, I was unable to act. I think a, a psychiatrist or a psychologist, it's almost like postpartum depression when mothers act violently towards their child. It's a syndrome. And it could have brought it down to a Tillamorda or a Krimneg if they had explored the theory that she just was overwhelmed, out of control. She didn't. She wasn't evil. I think her testifying to the fact that I was evil plays right into the prey. But if she had a syndrome that happens when 
mothers have six kids in the house. She's on disability. I mean, it was a, there was something to work there. I'm not saying it was going to, it was going to work, but at least I think it would have been a, a theory of the case that Michael Valva did it all, but I just didn't know what to do because I was overwhelmed. I think that might have been a better play, quite frankly. Listen, that's an excellent point. Talking with Ray Perini on the verdict of Angela Polina uh, late Friday. Somehow, you know, you're right. Maybe uh, Tui would have had a sense by saying, you know what? Uh, wow. Uh, we are so far behind here. It's almost like trying to throw a Hail Mary, you know? Uh, and that's what maybe should have been played for Matt Tui here. You're right. I don't know if it's ever a good thing to put the defendant on the stand. That 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 that's the hell, Mary. When but when the testimony's all in, and you make the decision to put the client on the stand, you know that you're there because you the, the proof is overwhelming, and you have to explain it. Uh, you know what I don't understand in this case is he has been touting the fact that he's going to put her on the stand since day one, and that's something that I would have held in reserve. I would have made that a decision. I would have made that a decision when uh, after the testimony came in. But, yeah. you know, everybody tries their own case. Question. Ray Perini with us. Ray, I spoke about a couple of minutes before you came on of just the abject failure of everything involved with Laura Ahern on uh, about a half an hour ago. Obviously, policies have to change. Common sense has to prevail. And I go back to the early days of this horrific uh, case in which the mother uh, would go before a judge uh, with documentation regarding custody and everything else here. And I, I look at everything now, and it's almost as if it is a a moral win if there's anything of its kind in this particular case as far as closure and justice uh, is concerned. I'm in the eyes of Justina Zupgeier, you know, who fought vehemently uh, and warning about the possibilities of bad things coming here. And man, was she ever right. And that's one of the first things that came across my head late Friday, you know? Uh, you know, she has the lawsuit pending against CPS in the county. And when I was looking at my notes today, there were at least six very credible complaints to CPS. And I think D.A. Tierney actually said it after the verdict. Now it's time to look at why this happened open an investigation, and let's make sure it doesn't happen again. I think that's the message that has to come from this. The guilty parties are being punished. They're going to be in jail for a long time. Now let's turn to why they were allowed to get away with this. Yeah, no question. And that's something that is the next step as far as really not having this come into play uh, ever again. Uh, Ray, that's going to be the key. You know, how how CBS is handling everything else. We also know that a lot of this stuff comes from Albany. You know, as far as making sure that we have things cemented so something of this nature never comes about again, you know? Uh, you know, it's probably a matter of funding and more bodies and better training and, and really exploring why the six complaints from credible people, teachers, psychologists, how do you ignore it? And it's going to be curious. I think I think going forward, 
watching what happens and, and, and what the investigation reveals is going to be very interesting. Uh, Ray Perini uh, with us. So sentencing for Polina, Ray, is on April the 11th. Give me the steps involved. There's two, El Tui, I'm sure, is going to do some sort of an appeal there, I would think, right? Uh, he'll, he'll make a motion to dismiss the case against the weight of the evidence. He's going to lose that. Uh, after sentencing, then he has to decide, you know, whether he does the appeal or someone else does. A lot of times when I try a case, I don't want to do the appeal because somebody has to look at my work product and determine what kind of job I did, and that's hard for you to do evaluating yourself. So I'm not sure who's going to do the appeal, but an appeal will definitely be filed. Um, I don't think there's any doubt with this judge who's done a very good job, Judge Maisie, in, in handling this case and moving it along. Um, you know, I think she's looking at max time, quite frankly. I agree. 25, uh, 25 to life, no question, correct? Correct. There you go. Maisie's a tough judge. Listen, he, he was a no-nonsense guy from the start. He basically said, we're going to s- stick to the schedule. We're not going to deviate. Uh, and that's it. You know, you had a very quick uh, quick in play as far as uh, jury selection and everything else, Ray. Very quick here. Uh, and you knew he was going to run a very tight ship here, Tim Maisie, right? No, I agree. I was shocked at how quickly they got a verdict. I thought it was going to take a couple of weeks, quite frankly. Uh, but no, he, no, he, he, he was stern, but he was he did everything right. Uh, I think we have to congratulate the judge on the way this trial went down, and also the DA's office and the trial team. I thought they never lost focus; they stayed on point. They didn't get lost in the weeds. They didn't get trapped by CPS and bringing too much of that in. I think they were. Everyone did a very good job to see that justice was done. I'm very proud of the system. Question. Uh, Ray Tinney, all business himself. And so is Ray Perini. Ray, can't thank you enough. We'll obviously follow everything involved here regarding uh, sentencing uh, through the 11th of uh, next month when an appeal in some sort of fashion will come through, but uh, that will be negated uh, and everything else. Uh, but uh, great job as always. Uh, throughout this entire ordeal. It was an ordeal. It's a very troubling case. And, you know, the whole the whole thing is, in what we discussed a couple of days ago, uh, is never to happen again. Never, ever to happen again of this of this nature. Uh, it can't. I agree. It just can never happen again, Ray. And if, if there's a lesson learned, I, I hope that somehow, some way... We have to get a way of thinking back here. Uh, an eight-year-old was completely tortured beyond beyond in- incredible proportions, and it can never happen again. Agreed. Always a pleasure, sir.